uh, of of uh, the story about five six years ago that was about a roadie that was uh, that gets fired from a not blue oyster cult a fictional hair band and uh, returns to the town he grew up in and he puts his own band together it becomes about him trying to get his life together by putting his own band together and he meets this young girl. And there was one scene, and I had done. A, I had finished a film uh, about two years ago that I had, a, to be honest, a horrible experience on. And I wanted to, and it wasn't a personal film; it was my third film. And I wanted to really just. I was like, okay, I want to make another film. And Gerald and I talked about this script that this draft he wrote, and I read one scene in the draft that I thought was the movie, which mm-hmm. was him and his mother, and this one scene between them. And and him uh, uh, going into the the room that he grew up in, and I, and I thought I want to expand on that and make it about just the first twenty four hours home and make it more of a homecoming movie and more about him sort of starting his life over mm-hmm. on that first day home or the first day of the rest of his life kind of uh, tale. Yeah. So when he called me, I was very happy to get the. I was like freezing my balls off in Chicago. <laughs> I had just moved there, so um, it was great. Oh, okay, we're going to get to do something together again. So it was very exciting and to mine. Our past, in a way. Right. You know? It was interesting, too, that Queens still, you know, here it is, New York City, but it still had the same returning to a small town problem, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he still is going to see the old guys from the neighborhood, and it's still that, uh, all right, let's measure our life against each other right now. Isn't that the worst possible thing you can do is go home? You it's know, and, and I, I'm from where we yeah. shot this movie. You know, I lived, I lived all around Queens, but we literally shot in places, several places that are within ten minute walking from where I lived. Yeah, and so in doing the movie, I had that feeling. I, I had that feeling over and over mm-hmm. and over. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and you mine all the stuff that you remember. I, I went to a funeral, a, uh, a friend of mine I grew up with in Dix Hills, Long Island, about six years ago, and there was a guy at the wake, not the wake, the shiva that. Uh, I hadn't seen since high school. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he said to me when I saw him, he looked at me and he goes, hey, Cuesta, what's with that director shit you do? Right, right. <laughs> no one, yeah. Uh, everyone will take whatever you're doing as an insult to their life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, where does this come across? No, I didn't, I didn't live my life to hurt your feelings. <laughs> That's right. But it is the oddest thing. And also, I think the great part of that is like when you see guys that you used to be close with, how they confuse like everything you've ever done in your life, they think happened in the same weekend. So, <laughs> yes. right. and and being in this business, also, you know, I go back and I lived a, I lived all over. But I, I when I was in high school and junior high, I was in uh, Ridgewood, Queens, which is right. Uh, actually, it's Brooklyn and Queens. But I worked at a place called Chicken Galore. You know, Cook No More. Right. Called Chicken Galore, and there's dudes that still work there when I would go back, who I was in junior high with. Yeah. And lovely guys, really great. And they're all very supportive. They come see my place. But they speak to me the same way. Like, everything's happened. And that, uh, (laughs) like, they'll say... Yo, did you see? Let's say the Godfather. It doesn't matter. You see a Godfather? That was a great. Movie. You should have got a part in that. Right. Why don't you do a part in that? Right. You know why don't you do that? Or you know, or they'll speak to you. I had a guy bring up like an incident that happened in eighth grade, as if it was yesterday. Yeah. You know, hey, remember? Because he, I didn't. He got the part of Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof, and I, I didn't get any part. And he was like, Hey, yeah, remember? I was Tevia, right? How you, I, you didn't get that fucking part. I was like, Dude, are you fucking kidding me? You didn't get that part. I was. 
Tevia. Yeah, you were great and, Tevia. And, and meeting Ron, he clearly yeah. connects with all this stuff. Yeah. And meeting him for the first time, he's so authentic. He's that guy. And, you know, when we first met, I mean, you didn't ask this question, but he embodied the, our first meeting. He embodied so much of what we wrote in this character. You well, know, the, knowing it, the neighborhood and, and knowing yeah. sort of the vernacular and the rhythms of the speech and uh, knowing these people's dreams and... And, and, of course, he treated it with dignity. And, uh, you know, Bobby never... Bobby, in his films, is normally playing the great guy in every film. So this is the first time that you see him in the film, he's treating you like such a prick. Are you talking about Bobby Cannavale? Yeah. Yeah, Bob, Bobby Cannavale is, a, is, first of all, is a great actor, great yeah. guy. But I think this is his the best thing he's ever been able to do because, you're right, he often gets to play the lovable lug yeah. kind of guy. And here, this guy is such a scumbag in this movie. Right. And he's also... A lovable lug. Right. He's the kind of dude that women like and guys like because they think they could be his buddy. And he's, there's, there's something very, uh. He's a likable asshole. Yeah. But, but a huge asshole in this. He's not I, afraid to be a prick. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's really, uh, it's amazing because you do, there's something adorable about him. But he,